0: Welcome to Days Your Update for February 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Elogi. I'm Brandon Perkins,
1: And I'm Dan Rev victorio
0: And yeah, we're here on a very snowy uh, Valentine's Day to talk a little bit about some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of news this week. Uh, a major publisher uh, got hacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some dates and such here. Uh, as well as an epic game store spring showcase mm-hmm. uh, has some interesting news there as well as uh, a smattering of other things here. Uh, people trying to figure out how to game the user reviews on steam. Yeah. In an interesting way. Uh, the ESA promises that E3 is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a creator of a major game canceled their Stadia port for interesting reasons. Yeah. So uh, before we get to that news, let's talk about what we've been playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will start here with uh, Bowser's Fury, Mm -hmm. uh, the other part of the Super Mario 3D World release this week. That has been the the bulk of what I've been playing with that game. Mm -hmm. And that uh, part of it is pretty neat for what they're doing there. Uh, It's kind of an open world Mario experience, not really in the way that Odyssey worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's was uh, it's kind of more open and freeform maybe kind of the way that Sunshine was but Ah. the areas open up uh, as you progress through it as you're kind of collecting shines Mm -hmm. uh, by going to the different sections uh, and doing what they, there's like a main objective and there's a couple side ones and instead of you know, sunshine and galaxy and that has you like reload into uh, the same stage over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just kind of organically uh, grows as you completes the, the, the goals essentially. Would you
2: say that it kind of stands on its own as its own game or is it more like an expansion?
0: Uh, All of the abilities and power-ups and all that are from 3d world. Yeah. So it's kind of like them doing like a spin off of that game. Ah. Uh It's not really standalone in that there's not really much story or anything going on here. I gotcha. It's all kind of the same aesthetic, at least from the areas I've seen so far. It's all kind mm-hmm. of beachy sand with like a, a structure or two mm-hmm. or whatever going around. Uh, so yeah, nothing that that they would be able to release as like a $60 standalone game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, I could see them doing like $20, but I think this is the the hook that gets people to buy the whole package. Uh, Cause on its own, Super Mario 3D World maybe shouldn't be charging 60 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a good game and all that, but it's kind of uh, an old Mario game, but one that not a lot of people have played because it was on the Wii U. Ah. But, uh, yeah, it controls well. It's it's definitely on the easy side.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no
0: lives. You just, if you die, you lose the coins you have, which I still don't understand what the coins are for because there's nothing you're buying. You're not getting one-ups out of them. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, yeah, so I've gone through the first whole section there where you're taking down uh, Furious Bowser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where it just adds a whole new section to the map. There's a map, uh, a good one, not like Sunshine's map, mm-hmm. which is a, a it's a drawing that's hard to parse what it's showing you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's a fun expansion of this game. Uh, hopefully, is a sign of like what they're maybe gonna do next time around. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, pretty nice. Uh, been playing some other stuff uh played some control. I've undone the lockdown. So I have to see what the rest of that's going to be, but yeah, I'm liking the spin gun uh or the form of the gun, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a it's a pistol but with like a maybe a submachine gun style shot
1: to mm-hmm. it.
0: So a lot of like faster shots to it that is uh a nice uh Upgrade to like the the basic pistol Mm
1: -hmm. and all that.
0: Uh, But yeah, I haven't played too much. Just enough to get to this next section here. Uh, But still good. Liking it a lot. Uh, I've been playing some more Hitman 3. I've completed the second episode, which is basically they took a look at the... uh, What was that mystery mystery movie that came out from a couple years ago? Uh, The one from Ryan Johnson...
4: Knives out.
0: Yeah. It is basically that, uh, ah. uh, the matriarch of, or no, the patriarch of the family has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the false pretenses that, uh, his wife had also had, uh, died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a mysterious note that said that he had been grief stricken as a result of her passing. And, uh, so they hired this world famous detective to come investigate and find out what happens. And, uh, and the whole family is there, the the kids and, uh, their significant others. And I don't think there's any further kids to those kids, grandpa, uh, grandkids essentially, uh, that I've seen, but, uh, you can go in, take, take out the, the detective and, play is that and you have to like actually go around and interview people, mm-hmm. look in their rooms, investigate, all that kind of stuff. That's uh really fun. That was getting to be like two hours. So I saved uh did a save state there and then just killed the uh the matriarch, which was a fun little thing where I set up a picture and conveniently oh. had a uh a nice little uh leak in the hose. Uh, so that there's a nice puddle around her feet. And as you shoot, uh, the flash causes electric surge. And so you get like a picture of her body, lifeless body, like f- flying into the air, uh, surrounded by her family.
3: Yeah. Uh, and
0: then I just ran off like, okay. And then you have to find these, uh, documents that are potentially going to lead you to the next, uh, uh, thing you're looking for essentially. Uh, And the house is pretty well done. There's lots of uh, paths through it, uh, secrets to find, because it's it's a house for uh, a Knives Out style house. So there's obviously secret passages and hidden things, all that kind of stuff. So definitely going to go back to that save and continue the investigation to find out who really did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a really nice fleshing out of uh, the mechanics and doing some cool stuff there. Mm. Uh, also been playing some more Rocket League for their Lucky Lanterns event to celebrate the Lunar New Year that's happening Uh, I've got everything unlocked at this point just the uh, couple of uh, repeatable quests for some extras uh, to Mm. do so still some work to go but uh, been enjoying that a lot and playing some more Cyber Shadow Mm. got through some frustrating sections where you're facing uh, essentially walls that are very Contra or Metal Slug style, mm-hmm. uh, where they shoot back at you, and yep. uh, that prompted me to look through the options and find out that there are a way to turn off the, the double forward uh, sprint, uh, where you're just holding R1 to sprint.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so
0: you can kind of separate those, which takes a little bit of getting used to uh, after you've been uh, doing that, because you're an easier your, trying to do a lot of parries to block those shots, turn them into things you can shoot back at them, that kind of stuff uh, mm-hmm. with one like weird tentacle eye thing that's shooting at you that moves around. Yeah. And this was the point where I was running out of currency to do the upgrades on the safe stations. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a bit of grinding for that when I got the, the the bonus power up thing, which yeah. Essentially, shooter like where it puts a bunch of these objects that float around you, and as you, if you run them into enemies or boxes or whatever, it breaks them, hits them mm-hmm. for damage, and that helped me out a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Though I couldn't figure out why it was going into wider circles. Uh, it does it when you're swinging, but I got it at one point to just stay like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was a bug or not, because uh, it was kind of annoying when I was trying to. Uh, keep my uh, self-protected more closely. But Yeah, uh, yeah I got through that uh, section, beat that stage, so I think I'm on seven now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so still going along pretty well. Yeah. Uh, definitely look forward to putting some more time into that. Uh, but We'll have to do a discussion here the next week or two because
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think you're close to being done, if not fully done. I'm fully done <laughs> have you are you going back for a hundred percent Or uh trying to yeah, trying to remember where all the where all the stuff secret is. paths are mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody's got a guide at this point yeah, that you could just use because yeah there's plenty of stuff where it took me a while to figure out how you could tell which uh passages you could break through because they have different dots on them. It's mm-hmm. like two for like the first upgrade and three for the second one they give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah that's been pretty much it for me how about you Brandon Uh, yeah well much
2: like you said I'm I finished Cyber Shadow so I'm going back and trying to sort of 100% parts of it that's actually easier said than done though because some of the trophies and stuff are like you know finishing the game in like three hours or uh, going through the whole game without picking up a single uh, health or Or, uh, you know, point device item or whatever. Um, But yeah, I'm kind of going back and trying to find some of the other stuff that I'd missed the first time. Um, But uh, other than that, I've sort of more or less been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake more. Uh, I'm still in the uh, Wall Market area. I recently went through the part where you have to Go into the arena to fight to get the money so that you can get Aerith's makeover, so that which ultimately ends up proving to be for not because we all know how this ends, Cloud ends up in the dress. But the uh way this game plays it's amazing. It's like I forget it's one of those games where it's really easy when you first play it, you oh, think. Oh, this game could just is gonna be another hack and slasher it is so not, and when you get further in the game, you realize how not it is because um, the further you get in the game, the more difficult the battles become and a lot more you have to think a lot more strategically than you did the first than you did earlier um, so much so that there was a lot more uh blocking and like, specifically getting certain, you know, abilities and spells to go before you can go further. It's it, it's amazing. It's hard to describe, but there comes a point where you realize that this is not Kingdom Hearts. You know, you start playing it, and you think, you know, at first it's going to be like Kingdom Hearts. It is so not like Kingdom Hearts. It is far more in-depth than Kingdom Hearts wishes it can be. Um but, uh, and, uh, because, you know, they've got that thing where, uh, they have, like, first six or seven hours to be played for free, I decided to download the Division 2, uh, the trial edition. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's fun, um, for what it is. I mean, it's basically a cover shooter and a fairly generic one at that, you know as far as like actual missions go it's mostly oh you need to go to this place and then get this thing and then maybe take it back to this place or then get out of this place it's not a not a very you know it's it's not very complicated also it's very funny when you think about the fact that when this game originally came out ubisoft tried to convince people that this game was not political in any way even though you know it takes place in the bombed out ruins of Washington DC <laughs> Like, yeah, like, you're literally, you know, the JTF's, like, whole base of operations is literally the White House. Like, it's not really any way you can get more political than that. But, um, yeah, so, to be fair, uh, the actual enemies that you fight against aren't really, like, political entities in and of themselves. I mean... The two primary ones that you go up against, at least this early in the game, are the Hyenas, which are just, you know, your your generic grab bag of bandits and thieves. And the True Sons, who are basically like a paramilitary breakaway from the JTF. Um, and uh, that's about it. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you, Nanra?
1: Yeah, uh, it's primarily been um, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, mm-hmm. Picked it up from Walmart for $50 because they, they normally have um, new releases for 10 bucks cheaper on, on day one, so I went ahead and got, got that. And um, yeah, it's uh, a good reminder of why this was my favorite game on the Wii U. Um, you know, the level design is fantastic. Uh, there's mm-hmm. just so much to do and so much to unlock. Um, like, um i'm actually playing the game with my brother and um when we played it the first time we didn't really care about you know um 100%ing it we, we just wanted to get through it and mm-hmm. um yeah now that we've beaten it before now we're just trying to um find every green star and uh stamp there is in the game so that we can unlock everything mm-hmm. like for, for those of you that um haven't played it but there, there's there's like um more to it than just you know the the eight worlds there there's actually a whole lot more than that and once you get mm-hmm. to the to, to the really secret worlds the game actually becomes a whole lot harder mm-hmm. and um yeah i i i really welcome that with with the uh, 3d mario games like i really feel feel like i haven't really been challenged by a 3d mario game since uh mario galaxy 2 which was also towards the end mm-hmm. uh, odyssey has its hard moments too but that that's also after you've like gotten as many moves as you possibly could um mm-hmm. but yeah uh, moving on to bowser's fury um well, when you asked about whether it felt like more of a standalone experience or a DLC, I kind of mm. feel like it's both. Um, mm. Like Chris said, like it, it, it's it's definitely an expansion of what you could do in uh, the original 3D world because all of the power ups are the same and whatnot. But like being in a more open world really changes the dynamic a bit, and like mm. it actually it actually took some getting used to because since the uh, since most of the uh, action in uh, 3D world is really from an isometric perspective. Uh, being zoomed in more um really just uh makes the game feel a little different um especially if you've been playing a whole lot of um Mario 3D All-Stars or Mario Odyssey um mm-hmm. Mario just controls a little bit differently it's it's really this the same set that he had in 3D World except that you know if you're used to a game like Mario Odyssey where he has where it's probably the best uh jumping system there was you know you, you shouldn't expect a triple jump or things like that um, but yeah, so this game can be played, uh, cooperatively with one other person. Uh, the second mm-hmm. player would be using Bowser Jr. And, um, he can, like, fly extremely high. He can, um, find secrets in the walls. Uh, he can also attack for you. So it's, it's funny because, like, you know, my, my brother is a pretty skilled, uh, gamer himself. So, like, when we were mm-hmm. playing a little bit of, uh, Bowser's Fury... I would be running to certain areas and I wouldn't have to kill anything because Bowser is so fast and just can can go ahead and kill everybody with his paintbrush. And it was uh, pretty much a walk in the park from there. And, um, yeah, like Chris said, like, um, it starts off with a really condensed um, area to explore. Mm. And then once you, uh, end up fighting the Giga Bowser, if you, if you will, um, the area begins to open up, uh, kind of similar to the way, uh, uh, the game I played last East nine worked. And, uh, stuff like that like the 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 way you you really picture it is like i think of a game like ghost of tsushima or maybe even um wind waker where you know you you're in the middle of the map and you just want to be able to um, unlock more of it by progressing through so that's pretty interesting um it's also interesting in, in the sense that um it all takes place within one hub world there's no jumping into paintings or jumping into new levels everything there loads seamlessly and um, that's actually really impressive on both docked mode and um, on, on handheld. So yeah, um, really lucky what I'm playing. And uh, with uh, tomorrow being a holiday, I have to actually finish everything and get a review up uh, pretty early. So yeah, that's, that's, that's Mario. Um, I've also been playing Yakuza 0. Uh, I got through the fifth chapter. Uh, the game's definitely getting interesting. I'm learning more about um, Gorimajima. Uh, and his his backstory so uh, yeah it's uh, really awesome so far and cool. aside from that i'm playing some animal crossing to his valentine's day so i'm getting a lot of candy and flowers from the villagers and then tomorrow is a festival so uh, we'll see how that goes and that's about it all
0: right all right yeah so let's get to some news and this was never really was intended to be like a weekly feature there's just been news about this game every single week and this is the biggest news since the launch uh Mm. cd project red has had their internal servers hacked Mm. uh, and released a very stupid ransom note that was left behind by the people that did it uh that starts with a message like you you have been epically pwned we have dumped full copies of the source codes for from your Perforce server oh. for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. We've also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Also, oh. you encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you can most likely recover from backups. If you will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online. Your documents will be sent to our contract contacts in gaming journalism your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how shitty your company functions investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower you have 48 hours to contact us
3: Mm.
0: so yeah they uh seem to be basically calling their bluff on this stuff yeah uh not giving in and yeah probably the the biggest issue of all here is not really the game stuff because they'll be fine as a company. It's the all the stuff related to their current and former employees. Mm -hmm. Uh, They put out a follow-up message saying that they don't think that they uh, have any of their old data for Mm ex-employees but still recommend uh, those people you know enable fraud alerts and such for their uh, accounts and such just in case on that. so yeah it's a very shitty situation all around for them
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: have to deal with and especially their employees who have done nothing wrong here outside of the executive teams
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's a whole weird weird thing that's happening and I have a little bit of follow-up here that uh, some of their source code seems to have been already sold. Uh potentially you'll see one of these looks like it's Russian. Uh or at least the the thing is listed here as Russian in Russian.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: who knows for sure, but uh stolen source code for the red engine and C D P R game releases. Uh yeah, through this uh forum, I guess. I was sure the how that all works, but yeah, this uh It's a form that revolves around hacked data called exploit. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I guess they offered up stuff potentially that has been sold.
3: Mm.
0: Which probably isn't being acquired by any legitimate developers. Mm
4: -hmm. uh, Because
0: if they were to use any parts of this that could be proven by CD Projekt Red, they'd be in uh, a lot of legal trouble on that Mm. sort. So yeah, kind of a shitty situation all around for uh, CD Projekt Red here, just as they were starting to try to get the uh, the whole cyberpunk thing turned around.
3: Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's just Ugh, not the way not the way you want retribution for releasing a game like this.
4: Yeah,
2: uh, Dan, Rip, since you're actually in the industry, can you kind of uh, sort of fill us in on like what the implications of all this is?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's kind of weird because, like, a lot of the code was, like, you know, spread out anyway, so there really isn't much that they can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you consider the fact that this is a PC game and people are going to mod it anyway, I don't really see this being that huge of a factor. Um, but it does suck for the engineers who uh, work to uh, put all that together and, um, you know, really uh, make it theirs because, you know, now it's out but you know the thing is there's a lot of talented people in in, in the industry anyway and they were really going to gonna, they there there's eventually going to be games that pretty much use cyberpunk as a basis for for pretty much anything anyway mm-hmm. as as for the ransom note it, it just feels like um you know, you know like 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 you all said it's a, it's a pretty lame note um but yeah i i definitely have um uh, I, I I definitely have no idea what I would do if I was CD Project Red in this situation, but it is uh, it is nice that they were um, that they were upfront about it. But other than that, it's like I I, I don't really have much to add here.
0: Yeah, I... yeah, it's just a weird situation all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's get to something that's not weird. Uh, the Super Nintendo and NES uh apps that are on the Switch for Mm -hmm. Nintendo Switch Online members. Nintendo announced four new games that are coming to those uh, Mm -hmm. two different apps. Uh, And they're probably games you've never heard of. Uh, Let's see, there is Doomsday Warrior, Mm -hmm. Prehistoric Man, I think I've heard uh, of that one. Yeah, Psycho Dream, and Fire and Ice. Uh, Let's see... Yeah, Fire and ice is an NES game. I believe it was one that was supposed to come to uh, the West, originally mm-hmm. under a different name. It uh, doesn't have it here what it was supposed to be, but uh, finally coming over as like a Japanese release. Yeah, uh, And that is, let's see, as Dana, you've been chosen by the Queen of the Winter Fairies to bear the power of ice magic. Whether you must defend your home, Cool Mint Island, from the wicked wizard Druidle and his flames. I mm-hmm. guess it's technically like Solomon Key 2, maybe? No. Okay, okay, yeah, it is. Wait, this wasn't the one. Psycho Dream is the one that I think wasn't released originally. The Fire and Ice was, yeah, released as Solomon's Key 2. hmm. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Uh,. But renamed as Fire and Ice. Because yeah. that's if you want to be really redundant of the story, it's about Fire and Ice. So
4: okay.
2: Uh
0: are sure do- weird. Now uh Doomsday Warrior, I've ac- I
2: actually played that. Um, yeah. um way back in the day. Uh it's a really bizarre one on one fighting game. Um Okay. And I remember it being kind of really janky when I played it. Um, and also, like, really... The story mode in particular was really difficult because the uh, the opponents were just cheesy as hell and basically would break the game. Um, Psycho Dream... Psycho Dream is, uh, is... I'm pretty sure that is the game where... Uh, yeah, because that, na- that name sounds familiar. Yeah. And... It's
0: an action game developed and published by Riot, formerly known yeah. as Telnet, Telenet Japan. hmm. And, and yeah, you take control of either Rio or Maria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rio's a swordsman, while Maria's an angelic warrior. She uses a whip that can be upgraded to metal claws or a laser gun. Yeah. Some um... demons to destroy most of the monsters on the screen. And most of the stages are set against the backdrop of 20th century Japan.
2: Yeah. Uh Yeah, this this game actually does look really familiar. I do think I saw like a bunch of previews for it in like game and and like game pro back in the day. And I guess it just, it, they never brought it over
4: here.
0: Yeah. Um, They're properly. originally planning to localize it, but never finished yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been I guess from the same developers Doomsday, or same publishers, Doomsday Warrior.
4: Mm-hmm. It would have
0: been their second game. Yeah. And I guess it was going to be called Dream Probe. Yeah. Yeah, that name does sound familiar. It's weird of a game. But yeah, that is a weird whole thing there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Prehistoric Man is just a caveman game. Mm-hmm. like Chuck Rock and a few others, Mac mm-hmm. and Joe, that kind of stuff. Uh, probably pretty much a knockoff. Mm-hmm. Some of those other games. So yeah, maybe you get one or two good games there, but probably not stuff that will get people excited about. Booting up the app again.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I guess in Japan, they get see Mario super pit cross. And that's the December lineup. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Solomon's Key 2 they got, which is essentially Fire and Ice. Uh, doesn't seem like they got anything special uh-huh. there. I don't know, they didn't get anything this month. It's just a English release uh, for updates. Okay.
3: Uh-huh.
0: So yeah, that is uh, the NES and Super Nintendo stuff that's being added. That is available on the 17th, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, also hitting on Wednesday is uh, Tales from the Borderlands. They're returning yep. to digital storefronts on PS4, Xbox One, and mm-hmm. PC.
2: Yeah, after... Uh, it, it went, I think it disappeared after... um, What's their name? Telltale. Yeah, yeah, after Telltale went under.
0: And so yeah, like the new Telltale's working with 2K Games mm-hmm. uh, to get this back out. And they've been apparently uh, rated again for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S mm-hmm. in Europe. So likely there will be uh, some sort of upgrade coming
3: mm-hmm. at some
0: point. Hmm. Have you guys uh, played this game? I played the first episode. Okay. Uh, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of people say that this is actually Telltale's best work. Mm-hmm. Um this is actually probably the only Telltale game that I haven't played, um, but it's it's mainly because I've never played a Borderlands game, despite me owning them all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Story isn't really the thing you play those games for. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the weird whole thing about this game is like, oh, this makes you care more about the story of a Borderlands game more than the mainline games.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, so, I understand yeah. that people don't really play the Borderlands games for their story, but there has to be a hell of a lot of good lore there considering, you know, they have this Telltale series, not to mention uh, <laughs> the movie coming out. But uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Somewhat there is. It's more the characters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, it's nice that it's coming back for people that either miss it or uh, want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh well, let's see, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, is coming to the two new consoles along with Switch mm-hmm. uh, here on March twelfth as part of the Activision celebration of the twenty-fifth anniversary of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh yeah, they let's see the new versions will have shorter load times, 4K, 60 FPS, all that kind of stuff. If you already own the game on the PS4 and Xbox One, uh the upgrades are free. Awesome. As well as working with the the save data you have already, PS5 version uses the adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, and all that. Uh, yeah, it'll be sixty bucks on those new consoles, forty bucks on Switch, yep. and PC. Yeah, I guess it'll also come to PC as well via Battle.net.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, <laughs> where you go for Crash Bandicoot games. <laughs>
1: That's the only uh, Activision thing they ended up doing with this announcement. Uh, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, like all of these are pretty good. I actually got the game on Black Friday. I never opened it. So
0: Yeah, yeah it's a very good game, very hard. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like the other Crash Bandicoot games, there are uh, multiple things to collect beyond just beating the stages. Mm-hmm. And that can be a reason for dying a lot is just trying to break all the boxes or get the, the gems and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah it's a fun game worth checking out Uh, looking forward to seeing what these upgraded versions look like they should really shine on these new consoles Uh, let's see also coming out here in a few months is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart yeah the new Ratchet and Clank game is out June 11th for the PS5 Mm -hmm. Uh, that'll be I think a $70 game they also have a deluxe edition yeah. Coming with some extra armor and other bonus stuff to it for those that want that. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
1: yeah, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot that PS5 games were like seventy bucks.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and then the, the this announcement came, and I was like, oh yeah, forgot yeah. about that. I would uh, totally like to play this
2: if I could, you know, actually get my hands on a PS5. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that would be nice. Yep. I Could get one, Sony.
0: No, oh, it's not really Sony, it's the whole shortage of chips and such that's going on. Uh huh. It's going to make all the new consoles and graphics cards and such hard to produce in the numbers that they want, yeah, for a while. Here,
4: <sighs> but yeah,
0: there's the, the base game you pre order, you get uh, wait, where does it say here? Yeah, you get let's see, I oh had yeah, two. Armors, uh, carbonox armor from blowing commando,
3: mm-hmm. as
0: well as early unlock of the pixelizer weapon,
3: mm-hmm. which is the
0: retro gun from the newest retro clay game
3: mm-hmm. remake
0: of the original. Uh, let's see, for eighty bucks, you get the digital deluxe edition, which includes five armor sets, uh, in addition uh, twenty rare titanium for upgrading mm-hmm. your weapons, a sticker pack to use in the uh, the photo mode which I assume is like the Spider-Man photo mode. Uh-huh. As well as a digital art book and digital soundtrack. You can also get that with the, the physical version. There's a, a $10 upgrade to get the digital bonus stuff uh-huh. uh, from the digital deluxe. So yeah, some neat stuff there. Uh, on the PlayStation Gear Store, they have a new shirt uh-huh. for Rift Apart, uh, which looks pretty neat. So yeah, that's uh, June 11th. I assume we'll be finding out uh, more about, like, what that other Lumbax is doing. Yeah. Uh, closer to launch. Yep. But yeah, definitely excited for this. All right. And let's see. Also hitting PS5 here fairly soon is Final Fantasy XIV. Yep. Uh, they're having an opening beta
3: mm-hmm. on
0: April 13th. To let people that own the game check out the uh, the new console version. See all the fancy uh-huh. new stuff. I think it's going to have 4K 60 FPS support. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I'm not sure what's in the beta content-wise. Okay, there it is. Yeah, April 13th with the launch of an open beta. Full version coming soon after. So you play the full experience. All the updates through Shadowbringers. With all the upgrades, enhancements, PS5 users. Mm-hmm. come to expect. Yeah, you get a free upgrade to the PS5 version if you own it on PS4. And yeah, the free trial uh, is being upgraded a bit let you play all the content from the base game in Heaven's Ward mm-hmm. uh, through patch 3.56 yeah. for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was part of the announcement of mm-hmm. the new expansion called mm-hmm. Endwalker, because of course it's a weird name. It's all the expansions. So yeah. That'd be cool to see. Also happening this week was the Epic Game Store Spring Showcase, Mm -hmm. uh, which announced a few things coming to uh, Epic Game Store, as you'd expect. There are also a few other things just like, oh, here's new stuff for Fortnite or Rocket League or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's see. There is Axiom Verge 2. Mm -hmm. Which
2: is very much anticipated by myself, and I think pretty much everyone else at
0: Smash Bad. Axiom Verge 2 is coming to uh, the Epic Games Store exclusively for the first year. Uh, also coming to the Switch at the same time when it's coming out. I think it's supposed to be fairly soon here in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a date yet, but uh, you can check out the trailer they put out, which I think is pretty much the same as the old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one they put out. Uh, but yeah, Tom Hap put out a nice little... Mm-hmm. Uh, post on his blog post talking about his reasoning for doing this,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which is partially to secure funding for uh, his family. Xavier's mm-hmm. son, Alistair, has uh, his own issues going on. And that's been part of what mostly what he's been using uh, the funds from the first game and all that mm-hmm. for. So this helps them have a little bit more financial security for the time being. Yeah. Uh, less worrying about recouping costs for the game. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. good to see it makes sense for why you'd secure any sort of funding for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the, the game, see how it turns out. Oh, yeah. And we'll have to get Tom on here pretty soon. Yeah. Talk about this.
4: Absolutely.
0: All right. Also coming to the Epic Games Store. The mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts series. Mm. Yes. That's the 1.5, 2.5 5 remix,
3: mm-hmm. HD
0: 2.8 final chapter prologue, Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's a lot of stuff coming out March 30th. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so finally, PC people can check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least through Epic Game Store to let their weirdness, because I'm sure mods are going to happen for this. I did see somebody modded uh, Woody from Toy Story into Sekiro. Yeah, <laughs> for all the the weirdness that is.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I found this announcement kind of weird. Uh, Kingdom Hearts or the, the the entire series is actually available on Xbox Game Pass. So does this mean it's not available for PC Game Pass? Yeah, it's not
0: on there. That's that's bizarre to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Square has been.
0: Very reserved on bringing this franchise out to anywhere else. Xbox is still fairly recent for that. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that'll be happening here in the next uh, month or so. Mm -hmm. Also happening in the near future, Oddworld Soulstorm.
4: Yeah.
2: Which I... Yeah, which I think is supposed to be like a more or less like a both a remake and a reboot of uh, AIDS Exodus.
0: Yeah, the second game.
2: Yeah, which wasn't really canonical as far as I know. It was more or less just a sort of kind of sort of expansion of the first one. But um, yeah, um, it looks great. Um, And I'm just really happy that that studio is making games again, to be completely honest. Um, Yeah, because they kind of you know kind of disappeared for a little while when they get into the movie business, and you know they didn't really go through with that. But the you know just they're one of the like really good, really good, really creative game studios out there. Um, with a really important message to share. So I'm glad that they. You know, I'm glad they're in the industry again and making games, and apparently doing really well too.
0: Yeah, so it's nice that they're working on a new thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be out in the spring, some point. Uh, PS5, PS4, and Epic Game Store. And last one here is just a a game finally making its way over to another PC platform, Fantasy uh, Star Online Two. If you haven't checked it out on the Windows Store or Steam. It's coming out to Epic Games Store as well. Uh, so you can check out all of that. Yeah. so nothing really too major there. Uh, so yeah, let's get to some other stuff here. Uh, Nintendo has a new weird uh, service called Switch Concierge.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, which is kind of like a one-on-one video conference service. hmm yeah, That you can reserve like a half hour session with somebody to talk about, you know, setting up your Switch, you know, maybe get recommendations for what to play next. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, getting started with games.
2: It's kind of like they're sort of setting up the whole, uh, the whole Nintendo Power Pro system that they used to have back in the day.
0: Yeah, maybe. It seems very much like an... An old person service. Yeah. Of, you know, how to set up your account, mm-hmm. how to customize things, what, you know, how do you use your Switch for different mm-hmm. things? Uh, it's just kind of weird that you can't do it through the Switch.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, Nintendo just really doesn't know how to do online. So,
0: yeah, though you can't really do a video conference thing through the Switch. Nope. Without a camera on it.
1: You know, it's another really weird thing that Nintendo is doing. I mean, like, you know, uh, it's it's obviously been the hottest selling system in the world since its launch, and uh, a lot of people have it, and a lot of people like it because it's simple to use. So if mm-hmm. you still don't know how to use it, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still a lot of people just picking up for the first time now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh let's talk about the a weird story that uh Danerb will know a little bit about. EA has bought Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion. Uh yeah. flushing out their mobile uh offerings with uh, one of the bigger publishers out there of various games. Uh so Danerb, how how is your side of this whole thing going on?
1: Yeah, um I mean to to the industry in general, it's a it's a pretty uh Uh, interesting purchase here. First of all, EA has never made a purchase uh, or any acquisition with that amount of money before. Uh, $2.1 billion is a whole lot of money, and um, it it, it goes to show how seriously they're taking the mobile market. Um, You look at them now, uh, prior to this acquisition, I guess I think their main uh, money makers were uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes as well as um, FIFA Mobile. Um, Yep. And by acquiring Glue Sports, they're getting an even bigger portfolio. Like our, our, our top grossing games are uh, uh Covet Fashion, um MLB Tap Sports Baseball, and um uh Design Home. And okay. the, uh, all of these hit really specific niches. Um you have those uh, you have Design Home and uh, Covet Fashion really uh, corner um not only the mobile market but the female market. Um and then mm-hmm. you also have um, MLB Tap Sports Baseball as um uh, the number one selling baseball um franchise um in gaming. So it's it, it's a pretty um lofty move there and they're also getting um a lot of the other IP we hold, as, uh, such as uh, Diner Dash and um what's the other one Deer Hunter. So yeah, uh the the biggest thing here is that like I said EA really only has two uh, mobile hits whereas Glue Mobile has a whole bunch and by doing this they've just become the biggest name in mobile. Um, granted, um, the the sale isn't expected to uh, close uh, for another six months, um, but this is a huge acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. I can't really say more than that because I'm obviously I'm, I'm I'm an employee of Blue Mobile and soon to be EA. Um, I don't know how this will affect me. Uh, we've we, we've been compared to uh, uh, other studio acquisitions, namely uh, Respawn, as far as like um, job security. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how this will affect me and my future here at Smashpad because obviously like EA is a company that has their hands in a lot of um, things rela- relating to gaming. And, you know, um, I, I, I wouldn't want anything that um, I do to be affected. So um, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm seeing like one scenario would be, Oh, okay. Whenever EA is mentioned, I won't say anything or maybe I'll stop uh, covering EA games in general. Um, but other than that, yeah, th- 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 this is a, definitely an exciting time um, for uh, people in that space. So, yeah. Yeah, so that'd be weird to see how this whole thing turns out.
0: Yeah. Uh, in a space that is done alright in, outside mm-hmm. of a few things, uh, but never really had big hits. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of some of their sports stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh yeah, speaking of acquisitions, Microsoft is kind of furthering their acquisition of Bethesda by creating a new subsidiary, subsidiary called Vault, that will house Zenimax and all the studios and such that they own. Uh, it seems to be a typical thing that companies will do, uh, as far oh. as uh, uh, housing a a newly purchased company within themselves under like a new name. That can keep them independent as much as uh, you can in that sort of situation for uh, future future use and all that. Uh, okay, yeah. So obviously, naming it after the Fallout thing of the vaults. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, something they put through on let's see the, through the European Commission uh, the documentation. So it seems like it'll happen at some point officially, but for right now it's kind of just part of the acquisition of Bethesda that's happening here mm-hmm. I assume by the end of March, I'm not sure when that full thing is happening, but yeah, that'll be need to see something called Vaults handling all the Bethesda stuff. Mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Steam here real quick. A developer on Steam has figured out. Uh, A clever way to potentially game the review system. Yeah. Uh, This is the maker of Emoji Evolution that's named their publisher, uh, developer name, Very Positive. Mm. In line with uh, the way the Steam reviews are listed on their uh, games page. You know, it's like, uh, I think, very negative, mostly negative, mixed, mostly positive, and very positive. So it kind of looks like, uh, if you're just glancing, like, oh, that looks uh, pretty positive. Because there's a lot of uh, blue there, and you just glance and see very positive, and you're like, oh, okay. Sure, this seems like it could be good. Uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if Valve's going to do something about this. I assume yep. they will. Force them to change their name and not be one of the terms they use for the... Categorizing the the reviews for a game mm-hmm. but These guys found a clever way to Potentially game it Yeah So yeah, that is uh, a game that you're probably not going to want to check out But Nope <laughs> uh, Fun little weird thing that happened on Steam
4: <sighs> As
0: a result mm-hmm. uh, Let's talk about something that you probably were never expecting to see again Six Days oh. in Fallujah Oh Yeah uh, uh so the story of the game that yeah. got cancelled because of obvious reasons. Yeah,
2: so the story of how this game actually came into existence is really fascinating. So the developer uh of this game, which is um
0: Atomic Games. Yeah.
2: So they were originally making uh training software for the US military, and they were having uh You know, actual military soldiers actually working as, you know, uh, advisors, you know, creative input, stuff like that. And then about halfway through development of whatever they were working on, a bunch of them ended up getting uh, shipped off to Iraq. And they just so happened to be uh, shipped off right in 2004 when the Second Battle of Fallujah happens. Um, Which if you've read anything about the sick, the second battle of Fallujah, it's one of the most not only one of the bloodiest uh conflicts that the US army has ever found itself involved in like they literally compare it to like the 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 to one of these battles that happened in Vietnam in 1968 um they uh is also because the six days in Fallujah, that that particular battle is where the term white phosphorus ended up entering the popular, uh, you know, the it entered the popular consciousness because apparently it appears that it may have been used. Um, whether or not it was used as like an actual chemical weapon or as a way to create smoke, which is, um, you know, actually that. That second part is actually allowed under the under the uh, chemical, you know, the chemical weapons agreement, but it can't be used as an offensive weapon. Uh, and apparently, to this day, there's also been like a large amount of um, birth defects and cancer that's been growing in the Fallujah area because apparently of a bunch of uranium deposits that were found in ordnance uh, in the city. And all in all, basically, what happened is after the Battle of Fallujah, these guys came back to Atomic and they said, look, dude, you need to uh, make a game about this because you need to show what it was like uh, to actually exist in that particular battle because it was pretty freaking brutal. And they wanted to show what, you know, an actual. Firefight in the modern era is like specifically as realistic and as non-power fantasy as possible.
0: Yeah, it's doing this as like a shooter kind of undermines that a bit. Yeah, because you're obviously likening yourself to you know Battlefield and Call of Duty stuff that when they try to do serious storytelling, kind of gets undermined by the yeah the the audience. They usually cater the type of other stuff they do with their gameplay.
2: Yeah, because right. they were
0: they're trying. It's like yeah, it's a shooter, but it's a shooter in the
2: way that shooting is sort of secondary to the overall experience. Yeah, uh, you're you're shooting because again, it's the second battle of Fallujah. There's going to be shooting going on. You're going to be shot at, and you got to shoot back. You know, yeah. and keep in mind the people you were fighting against were uh, part of the homegrown Iraqi insurgency that would eventually become ISIS. Um. But again, it the re, the thing became controversial because the very notion of taking what was then a very recent uh, experience and trying to put it in a interactive gaming format, eh, you know how people react, how it would react, and it, they reacted exactly how you thought they would, and uh, so basically, Konami ended up pulling the plug.
0: Yeah, and. Now it's resurfaced here as uh, let's see, being led by Victura, which is founded by former Atomic Games CEO Peter Tante.
4: Yeah.
0: uh, With Highwire Games developing Mm -hmm. it, which you might know them for making the PSVR game Golem. Yep. uh, Which is not necessarily you would expect, but they're former Bungie devs.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So there's definitely some shooter chops there. But yeah, uh, the way they describe it, working in partnership with frontline Marines and soldiers who fought in the battle for Fallujah, mm-hmm. Victoria and Highwire have spent more than three years building unique technologies and game mechanics that bring players closer to the uncertainty and tactics of modern combat than other video games have explored. And yeah, yeah. it's it seems like this would the story would be better told uh, in some other genre than shooter. Yeah, because uh, then you could just tell the story uh, versus just making people actually be uh, the shooter and somehow making it realistic in a way that people want to play. Yeah, uh, Especially the notion that they're going to tell the stories of the, the military members that were in this as well as civilians when mm-hmm. it seems like they're not necessarily working with civilians. Uh, yeah. Especially if it's all U.S. Uh, yeah. military members where it's like you need more perspectives because Well, it looks like
2: maybe what they're doing now, they actually are trying to get more uh civilian perspectives into it. Um yeah. which I, I want I want this game to come out. I want to see how it how they end up uh how it how it how what the end product is because I do think that this is a very important topic that needs to be discussed uh because yeah, yeah the because again those types of military shooter power fantasy type things they're still very much a big deal um yeah you know and Call we, of Duty's
0: still the best-selling game
2: yeah call, like it i mean the most recent call of duty was the best-selling ps5 game period yeah so and you know this uh, you know the This is it's something I really do think this is something that people need to experience.
0: Yeah, we'll Um, see because it's not obviously not the first time somebody's tried making games where it's about the the horrors of war. Yeah, Uh, you know, got like Valiant Hearts from Ubisoft that was uh, a nice little take on that kind of thing about uh, was that World War One? I think it was. Yeah, World War One. Yeah.
2: This war of mine, which was very much about the uh,
0: Bosnian War,
2: yeah, specifically uh, Sarajevo, yeah, um, and he had
0: some stuff like uh, crap. What was it? The the one that was based on the I forget. It was a uh, this game was basically about uh, you know the good guys finding out actually they're the bad guys. Spec ops, the line. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that I played that. It was about the similar kind of topics.
4: Yeah.
2: And spec ops
0: specific specifically, war, but
2: well, spec ops specifically was meant to be a deconstruction of the military shooter game in general.
0: Yeah,
2: much so yeah. that it plays like a generic cover shooter for much of the much of its playtime. But yeah, yeah it, it, again, I mentioned Fallujah and White Phosphorus. You know. Spec Ops: The Line goes very, very much into the effects of white phosphorus and the ethics of using it. Um, it's a major plot point in that game, and yeah. what I think is that that whole scene—they specifically design it to look like one of the uh, one of the like a uh, drone, one of the drone fire segments that you get in the modern warfare games, um, where you're like. You're like, where like you're like really high up in the air and you're sort of perceiving the, uh, the, uh, your enemies by through like that green night vision screen. Like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, supposed to be out later this year. No real date or anything. So, yeah. We'll have to see if it actually gets finished, Mm -hmm. uh, and how it turns out. Uh, and see if they make good on their promises. I want to see it. it. seems like it could actually go good or maybe bad. Yeah. Who knows? They
2: certainly seem to have like a specific vision that they're intending to rely on, that they're intending to put forth. And, you know, I'm willing to trust them, so we'll see what they can do.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of trust, uh, the ESA, they have Uh, We had some leaked reports saying that they are going to be trying to have E3 Mm -hmm. this year uh, as a digital event. And the ESA have confirmed this. Mm -hmm. Basically uh, saying, let's see here, they found pitch documents. Uh, The company is looking to host a three-day live stream event between June 15th and the 17th. Uh, Several two-hour keynote sessions for gamers to enjoy. Uh, Some of like what the Coliseum was for the in person event
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as well as uh, a host of streams from developers, publishers, and content creators mm-hmm. uh, that would showcase you know new games and all that kind of stuff
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, they say uh, we can confirm that we are transforming the e three experience for twenty twenty one and we'll soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We're having great conversation with publishers, developers and companies across the board. And we look forward to sharing details about their involvement soon. So who knows what that means. Uh yeah, it seems like potentially they wanna try to secure
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, showcases from probably like the major publishers, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and all that. Uh, I did see Jeff Keeley like kind of relating to this, mentioning that they're still working on summer game fest uh, and hoping to kind of tighten up the, the time frame it happens to like, uh, about one month versus like over three or four months that the, it happened last year. I don't know if they're actually going to get to the point of actually having this thing happen. Cool. Uh, if it's going to be like last year, they're like, Oh yeah, we're still working on it. And it fell apart at the end as people realized they were not, uh, as uh, together with her details uh, as companies liked, Mm -hmm. we started seeing a bunch of people pulling out. So we'll have to see how this goes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really rough. I mean, you know, you you started off this conversation mentioning trust, and trust is something that the ESA does not have. You know, after leaking all of our information, it's really uh, hard to trust an org like that. Um, At the same time, uh, you know, with, with, with the pandemic it would really be nice to have some form of E3. Looking at what what we had last year, like, yeah, there was Summer of Gaming and a whole bunch of other events, but there was, like, really no way to organize them. Um, It seemed like all of the companies taking part in their own kind of thing um, really weren't prepared to do it in the way they did. And um, uh, while it was cool to have, like, uh, as many events as we did have, like it would be nice to like you know really dedicate a week or two to you know all things gaming rather than having to make plans for three months to really cover this stuff properly mm-hmm. um, so like i I'm, I'm sure that's that that', that that's, that's something that like uh some uh, like people like 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 Pat mentioned in the past where like um you know e three is still important in that sense. Uh if you were to ask me the same question last year, like, you know, I would I would say that because companies like Nintendo and Sony have been off doing their own thing successfully, um mm-hmm. I would have said E3 wasn't really all that important anymore. But like, you know, as I look back on it, um there there, there there's no questioning the fact that, you know, guys like me miss it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's But it seems like uh companies have kind of figured out how they're Releasing stuff these days, uh, seeing like the, the resident evil showcase, you know, the Epic game showcase, uh, that kind of stuff where people have kind of gotten it down the ways that they're going to release their announcements and such. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the ESA has to offer as far as, uh, uh, getting developers and publishers on board for an organized event like this. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. The new game plus expo is actually going to be um, on March fourth, so that'll pretty much uh, show like. And, and if, if you watched it last year, it was it was actually some pretty good stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if if, if uh, a bunch of like random Japanese companies can do it the way they did, I don't see why the ESA shouldn't be able to. I mean, if they yeah. want to tap someone like Jeff Keeley as a resource, who's an expert at this by now, I don't see why they shouldn't. But obviously, he said he's busy too. So
0: yeah, he seems more focused on his own thing than working with the ESA. Oh. So, yeah, they kind of have to work on their own for the time being. Oh. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's cap it off here with our final story. The creator of Terria, Terraria, uh-huh. uh, Andrew Spinks, has canceled the Stadia version of Terraria uh-huh. that had been announced a little while ago. Uh, because his uh, Google account has been uh, shut down and he has not been able to get any sort of uh, good customer service to find out why uh, and uh, a way that he can sort of get his account and all the stuff he has uh, purchased and associated with that um, back. Because uh, he he announced that he uh, yeah, hasn't been able to get into his Google account for three weeks now, which includes his Google Drive, Gmail, his YouTube YouTube channel, uh, the apps and uh, movies and such he's bought on his account. Uh, which says accounts counts for like a thousand, thousands of dollars. Uh, so he just bought the Lord of the Rings 4K trilogy and obviously can't finish it. Uh, and tried to get a hold of Google CS uh, through the normal means, but has been getting the runarounds. I no idea why his accounts have been disabled. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sort of as a result, announced that, uh, you know, I've absolutely not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Consider it burned. Hashtag Terraria for Google City is canceled. My company no longer support any of your platforms moving forward, Uh, though uh, the other company they're working with, Relogic, announced they're still working on Terraria for Android, still going to release updates for that. Uh, so it's not quite fully cutting them off. But uh, as far as getting a big game like Terraria on Stadia, it uh, seems like that's not going to happen because Google's customer service is uh, apparently pretty terrible. Even trying to use his contacts for uh, developer relations and such have not been able to find any sort of way of uh, um, getting this fixed. Nope.
1: Because that's Google. Yeah. This doesn't even sound possible, so I'm wondering how <laughs> this is ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's oh, kind possible. of where he's at. Just wondering how how his account could get you know shut down like this and have zero way of getting satisfactory answers for like why and why oh, how to get it back. I, I can, I can,
2: uh back that up. I mean, it happened to me. I had to make a whole other Google account because my previous one got shut down, and they never told me why.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, though, this guy's a public figure. He should be able I think to get the answer the answer. Yeah, but yeah, it's like here's a, a public figure who's trying to bring, you know, a game to one of Google's platforms and they can't even get him you know just the basic reason like why his you know, yes. intact and it's, it's, it's something, something happened and got auto shut down or did he somehow break some sort of terms of service thing that he didn't Maybe know about
2: did he like log on from a from like an unrecognized device or something
1: i mean there there there's no way anybody would know because he doesn't know himself yeah,
4: yeah.
1: that's what i'm wondering i'm like you know, you're a public figure. You're obviously the creator of this really popular game that makes a lot of people money. And mm-hmm. you can't even get somebody you personally know at Google to help you. Like, I don't know. Like, if, if I'm, like, relating that, that information to, for example, the games that I work on, where I can just look you up by IP and then see what happens there, the only way I can see that this is even possible is if all of this stuff was just deleted which could be possible, but I don't know. Yeah. This is just bizarre to me. And I'm not yeah. somebody who would like, you know, really push. Like if, if I were a public figure, like it's, it's not something I'd really abuse, but you know, if, even if I had to take that card out, it's, it's tough to imagine why like not even like somebody at a much higher level than a regular CS can help them.
3: Well.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause it's the whole point of your Google account is it ties
0: into a bunch of their services it seems there should be some sort of footprint account that they can look at and be like okay what what happened here that caused this to be shut down mm. uh, in some way And it's like are they just so big that there isn't a way for those different parts of an account to speak to each other mm-hmm. uh, as far as CS is concerned like any sort of history or whatever which is weird yeah Because, like, you so much as breathe with a YouTube account, you get, you know, copyright notices and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they'll email you just to make sure you know that this random sound effect or music in a video, like, oh, this tripped uh, copyright thing uh, somehow, Uh, even though it's from eight years ago, because you still care about that video you made. And even when you sign on to other accounts, you get, you know, an email saying, like, uh, you know, we got this login. Is this yours? You know, make sure that you know that. But if he gets locked out of the account completely, you know, he maybe can't see any of that stuff.
1: I mean, sometimes when CS has a policy about not telling you why you're banned, it's normally, like, to protect their own stuff. Like, for example, um, with, with some of our games, we won't tell you why you're banned because... If they knew the exact reason why, they could probably like you know find other ways in order to do what they have to do. Like for example, if someone's caught cheating in our game and we banned them because they were cheating, we're not going to tell them it was because they were cheating. So yeah, I don't know. It, it could be something like that. But you know, last year Chase um, added a new benefit to one of their credit cards where you get Dash Pass, which is the premium uh, Dash Pass membership for free. And mm-hmm. I couldn't even avail of that without um, making a completely new account from a different email. Yeah. and um i even like went ahead and like asked about why i was banned and they still gave me the same a- answer like 2 years later so i'm like this is bizarre yeah. yeah
0: i could get that whole thing of not wanting to tell them like a potential way to get around a ban uh but yeah this guy's obviously uh a partner for stadia and their android developer uh stuff there and you know uses youtube for that same reason and all that kind of stuff
3: Mm
0: -hmm. so it's like it's the sort of person that needs to know what happened because if it's legit then whatever they can move on but if it's not you know Mm -hmm. they would obviously want to figure out uh, how to get it fixed that's the whole reason you have developer relations for this kind of stuff
3: Mm -hmm.
1: this is like this is like Miyamoto not being able to access his Nintendo account Mm-hmm. You
0: know, so. Yeah, because his computer got locked down. So I'll be like, uh, hello? I can't get on the Nintendo,
1: you know, or, DevNet. Or, or Phil Spencer being unable to log on to Xbox Live because, you know, the PC wouldn't yeah. work. Like, come on. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, people then would be like, ah, oh, well, Windows is shitty anyway. You guys should have fixed that before this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, that's an unfortunate thing for, I guess Google as far as Stadia is concerned, because it's certainly a big game that they could have gotten on to their service. That mm-hmm. uh, would have probably drawn some people. But As a mobile game, you know, you're also it's not a game that's hard to get a hold of anywhere you're going, and it's not a it's not a resource intensive game either. So I think you would be able to. Largely access that on any sort of uh, laptop or phone you have with you on the go. So it's mostly Google's loss here, not so much the devs' loss. So, yeah, that is our slate of news this week. Uh, Thank you to Dan Reb and Brandon for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another slate of news and we'll uh, see how that goes. So, thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys next time.